Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Oh man, thank y'all. Really, 37 is no big deal. It really isn't. A 37 with 10 grandkids is pretty impressive, you gotta, you gotta admit. Oh uh, man, I'm so, I'm so grateful for y'all. So grateful I get to be a part of this place. So grateful for what God is doing in and through you. And I wanna welcome all of our campuses because God's doing it all over the place. And he's doing it through uh, online as well. So welcome to all of our online uh, folks as, as well. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, so what are y'all doing this week on Thanksgiving? So how many are traveling this week? Traveling to go somewhere? Any staying home? Staying home? Yeah. Hey, we're, we're doing a thing. Uh, we're doing a little thing on Wednesday night for uh, about 25 uh, special friends of ours at our, our, our home. And then we're going to go Thursday uh, to a gym. Our family's gotten so big, we have to rent a gym uh, and, uh, at a church, and we got uh, like 100 people there. And we, uh, Debbie's, mom, Debbie's grandma lived to be 104. She had six daughters. They had three or four kids. They had three or four kids. Now they have three or four kids. Now some of them are having three or four kids. There are kids everywhere. It'll be so fun to see all these little kids running all over the place trying to figure out who does that kid belong to. I know he looks like him, but I'm not sure. It's going to be a great day. We have, we have, a, we have a very blessed family. And we're kicking off a little series today uh, about living with a heart of gratitude. Uh, next weekend, one of my favorite people on the planet, my good friend for over 30 years, uh, Dave Stone will be here to wrap it up. And all this week, I will be on the Daily Drive talking about gratitude. So make sure you tune in every day, check that out, so we can all learn to live with a heart of thankfulness. Uh, so because living with gratitude in your life, when it saturates your soul, it just does something life-changing in, inside of you. This might be a verse to stick in your heart for this entire week. In fact, hope you stick it in your heart for the rest of your life. It comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. I want us to throw it up on the screen. Let's read this out loud together. Even online, let's just read this out loud together. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful, no matter what season you may find yourself in. Never stop praying, no matter what season you may find yourself in. Be thankful in all circumstances, no matter what season you may find yourself in. For this is God's will for you, who know the grace and the presence and the hope and the truth and the goodness and the belonging in the eternal life that's found in Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk, be talking about, I want, I want to talk about gr being grateful through different seasons of life. And then I want to throw out just a couple of simple things that I've been learning a along the way. And, and, and the way I look at it is life can pretty much be summed up by different modes of transportation. This is how you start out right here. Anybody got one of these around your house that's something like this in your house right now with, with little kids? And uh, this, this is your very first experience of, of, of moving around on wheels. They, they put the kid in here and it's got a tray so you can put like blueberries and goldfish crackers or 
Cheerios or SpaghettiOs or gummy bears, whatever, on that tray. And the kid can just move all over the house eating. It's your very first drive through experience. You don't know it at the time, but you'll be doing this for the rest of your life. It's just the way, the way life goes. Then you graduate from this. Your next mode of transportation is one of these. You ever seen a big wheel? And I don't see them as much anymore, but I did see some guys, uh, little boys, they're probably four and five years old, in my daughter's cul-de-sac riding big wheels, and they were like skidding out on the back end, you know, trying, trying to like lay rubber, that type, type of thing. They were just having a blast riding these, riding these things. I got a buddy uh, in Kentucky who's one of the most competitive guys I've ever met in my life, and our, our town hosted uh, an annual big wheel, a race uh, for, for toddlers. He trained his kids to win this big wheel race. He tied, I'm not making this up, he tied concrete blocks on the back of their big wheels and had them go uphill so their legs would be strong to wipe all the other kids out. And they did, they wiped all the other kids out in the big wheel competition. You move from a big wheel to maybe a, one of these, a, a bike and you got training wheels, you're trying to learn how to get your balance. And when you get those training wheels off, isn't that an awesome feeling? It's like you're riding on two wheels or just something about your very first bike. You guys remember your very first bike? Well, my, one of my first bikes were, were one of these old school uh, Stingray bikes. You ever, ever seen these things? They're like awesome. They had these big old handlebars. You felt like you were right, riding a Harley around on this Stingray bike. And when I was a kid, I collected baseball cards. Uh, and, and I would take, there's these things called clothespins. You ever seen one of these things? It's like a chip clip. Anyway, a clothespin, I would take a baseball card and I would clip the baseball card to the inside of the spokes on my front wheel and the inside of the spokes on my back wheel. So when I'm going down the street, it sounded like, like I was on a Harley. It was so cool. And I, and I had this thing, I, I played Little League Baseball and lived pretty close to the park. And I'd ride my bike to practice every day. And I had this thing where I would put my glove on the Stingray handlebar and I'd ride the bike and I had this dismount where I could dismount off the bike and grab the glove off the handlebar at the same time, hit the ground and the bike would just keep on rolling and hit the fence. It was like, that's right, I'm here. It's like, it was cool, nine-year-old cool. That's just, that's the way. But that's just a great season of your life where you're just a kid, you know? And then you kind of enter this season of life. And this is the only way I could think to describe it. I'm not getting on this thing, but um, <laughs> this season of your life, just wobbly. It's that, it's that middle school season. Some of you are in it right now. You know what I'm talking about. It's just a wobbly season of your life where things are changing. Your girlfriend is five foot nine and you're four foot seven. And <laughs> it's just weird. It's just a weird time in life. You know, your voice is changing all the time and things are happening in your body that you cannot figure out what's going on. You feel like nobody likes you and everybody's talking about you and you're not very smart. And you're not very pretty and you're not very strong and you're all that stuff is just going through your, your, your soul. It's, it's, it's a wobbly season of life. And then you kind of graduate from that to the day you get your driver's license. And man, that's a good day, isn't it? Anybody, anybody doing that right now, trying to, work, trying to work on getting your driver's license, you get your permit? Any parents here teaching kids how to drive right now? Let's just pause and pray for them right now, because that is one scary job right there, teaching your kids how to drive. Uh, but uh, when, when you get your license, man, it just feels so good. You, you, you want to drive. You don't care where it is. You ask your parents, can I, you need milk from the grocery store? What do you need? I, I, wanna, I just want to get behind the wheel. It just feels so good to have that freedom and independence of driving a car. Uh, you, you remember your first car? Shout out. What, what was your first car? Let me hear it. Oh, here's some cool cars. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me tell you, my, my first, I guarantee you, your first car was not like my first car. 
I want to show you a picture of my first car. It's not my actual picture, but that's what it was. My first vehicle was a mail truck. My dad worked for the post office. He was kind of an electric guy, and he bought me a mail truck for 250 bucks, a used mail truck, where you drive it on the right side. I sat on a stool and drove this mail truck with the door that opens on the right side. It was, it was the goofiest thing ever, but that's what I drove around that mail truck for a while. And my dad taught me how to drive in a cemetery. He said, pull in there, Mike, you can't kill nobody. So that's where, honestly, that's where I, I, just, I just drove by that cemetery the other day and, and laughed about that because I knew that's where I, that's where I learned to drive because I couldn't kill anybody. Uh, then, then when I got to be a sophomore in college, my mom and dad gave me their old car. It was a 1969 Pontiac Catalina. And it, and it, was, uh, it was yellow. The car was yellow, and it had a tan vinyl roof. Remember the vinyl roof craze, some of you? Uh, it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was an old boat of a car. But, man, I love that car because you know why I love that car? Because the front seat was a bench seat. Some of y'all don't know about bench seats. You just had bucket seats all your life, bench seats. That's where it's at. I'm just telling you. I, I remember driving that car, and I put my elbow up on the window. I rolled the window, and I put my elbow up. And I, drive, I got this hand on the wheel, but I got this arm around my girlfriend, who was able to sit right here next to me as I drove in that bench seat. We got married, and she moved way over there. But for that season, it was awesome to have that, that car in that, in that bench seat. And then you kind of move from that phase of life to this where you buy a minivan, right? And then, now you got car seats everywhere. And you got three-day-old french fries on the floorboard. You got Happy Meal toys that you're sitting on. It's just kids are in their car seat behind you, kicking the back of your seat. You know, you're trying to drive. It's just, just this cra crazy season. They're always saying, are we there yet? And there's, you're taking them all over the place, all these different events. And then one day, they're all gone. And you're sitting there riding around with an old woman, an old man, going to eat dinner at four o'clock so you can get home and watch Wheel of Fortune. That's just the way, that's the way it is. And you, you say to yourself, though, you say, you know what? I will never, ever drive another minivan. You get that season where you go, you know what? It's time for me now. And so you go out and you get you one of these, right? You get you one of these. You're going, yeah, yeah. Get your motor running. Born to be wild. You're going down the road, man. That wind is blowing through your, your scalp. And... <laughs> And man, you said, this is, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You're kind of this midlife crisis thing you got going on, right? And, and your very next mode of transportation is this right here, because you had no business buying one of those at your age, right? <laughs> now, I left, out a, I left out a phase, because there's a phase in between this and this. There's that minivan phase again. Because you've got to buy another one because now you've got grandkids with car seats and booster seats in, in the back of that van. But I, but I chose this because there, there, are, there are a lot of friends of mine, there, there are friends of all of ours that are here at Lake Point, that this really is their mode of transportation. And uh, we see you come in. And I just want to say on behalf of the whole Lake Point family at every campus, you guys are like our heroes for the way you show up, the way it takes you a long time to get ready to come to church. But you come, and we are, we are so, so grateful that you are part of this family. I, I ran into a 92-year-old lady last week who was sitting in a wheelchair, and, and I went over to her, and I said, I, I got to tell you, you're a hero of mine. She goes, well, you know, I just pray all through the week, God, even though I don't feel good this week, would you help me feel good on the weekend so I can go to church? 
And that's just what she does. And she said, I hope I inspire some people. So, well, you inspire me. And you do. And I think when I, when I think about this to this mode of transportation, I think of uh, Johnny Erickson Tata. I don't know if you've ever heard of Johnny or not, but she has a ministry called Johnny and Friends. She's, she was in a diving accident when she was 16, paralyzed her from the neck down. So she's been a quadriplegic for over 50 years now. She's an amazing woman. I mean, she, she paints these incredible watercolor paintings by holding a brush between her teeth. She's written songs. She's an author. I mean, she is really one inspirational lady. And I remember reading a book she wrote called Heaven, My Real Home. And in that book was a little poem that I stuck in my heart, and I've had it in my heart for like 20 years now. It just says, though I spend my mortal lifetime in this chair, I refuse to waste it living in despair. And though others may receive gifts of healing, I believe he has given me a gift beyond compare. For heaven is nearer to me, and at times it is all I can see. Sweet music I hear coming down to my ear, and I know that it's playing for me. For I am Christ's own bride, and I will stand by his side. And he will say, shall we dance? And our endless romance will be worth all the tears that I've cried. And then you kind of move on to this one. You get to that point in your life where things really are just breaking down, you know? You just you don't get around like you used to. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just hard, harder to maneuver. You get up out of a chair and everything creaks and groans. And I, 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 was, I, I love to play basketball, and I was, hadn't played in a while. And I, some guys invited me to play up in Richardson, Texas about uh, three, two or three months ago. So I went up there and played with them. And, and I remember there was a loose ball on the floor, and I thought, somebody needs to get that. So I'm not, I'm not getting, I'll never get back up if I get on the floor and get that ball. I mean, it just, that's just the way it is in life. And some of you are at that right now where things just aren't working like they used to on different medications for different things going on in your life. And maybe you're at that stage, this season of your life, where you're the caretaker for someone. Uh, maybe you're in that phase like I've been in where the parent becomes a child and the child becomes a parent. My parents were a little older when they had me, so I entered into that phase a little earlier than most of my peers. And it was a challenging season. I was an only kid, so I was a primary caregiver. Debbie was awesome help. Our kids were great help. I had some good friends that pitched in. But it was, a, it was, it was a challenging season, let's put it that way. My dad, that eclectic guy that taught me to drive in a cemetery, uh, my dad was bipolar as well, also was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic, and, and uh, uh, he had to take medication, and he just decided when he was 80, I'm not going to take it anymore. And it was really challenging. So I had to kind of become the parent and make sure go over there every day, make sure he took his medication, help him get back on the meds. And, and when he was on, he did, he did a great, he did great. But I had a buddy of mine call me one day and said, bro, I just saw your dad driving his car and he was literally going hundred miles an hour. I said, oh my goodness, really? He goes, yep, he, well, he was. And he'd already had some fender benders and stuff. So one of the hardest days of my life is when I went over to the guy that taught me how to drive and said, dad, you're not gonna be able to drive anymore. You're going to have to give me your keys. He said, if, if you're out there, and, and what, what if you were to hit one of your grandkids, get in an accident with somebody else's family? I'll take you anywhere you need to go. You just got to, all you got to do is call me. I'll take you any, everywhere. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ask for your keys. My dad looked at me with the saddest look ever. Reached in his pocket, said, okay. Gave me his keys. I put them in my pocket, got in my truck, drove home. I felt awful. I mean, just awful. And so I called back over to the house, check on him. I said, Mom answered the phone. I said, Mom, let me talk to Dad for a minute. 
She goes, well, he's not here. I go, what do you mean he's not there? He played me totally in the moment. He had like five sets of keys. He acted all sad. Yeah, okay, here you go. As soon as I was gone, he was out the door going 100 miles an hour. So I had to go sell all of his cars. I'd take all of his cars and sell them all. And I took him everywhere for the next two years. Everywhere he needed to go, I, I took him. And one day he just died of a heart attack at 82. And it just, my dad, he crammed 300 years of living in 82 years. And I can't wait to see him again in heaven in his right mind with a brand new body. I can't wait to see my mom again either. But uh, my mom struggled with Alzheimer's for quite some time. And it was a long, slow goodbye where eventually she didn't know who I was at all. But that didn't matter. I knew who she was, and God knew who she was. And uh, so it was a privilege to be a caregiver, but it was challenging as well. My mom had a little stubborn streak, a little prideful streak, so we had to keep her in her home as long as we could. And we even, we even rented the house next door to my mom and moved my daughter Jody in there and told Jody, keep an eye on mom. And then I told my mom, hey, mom, Jody's moving next door. Keep an eye on Jody, would you? she go, oh, yeah, I will, I will. We, you know, that's, the, that's what we had to do, that kind of stuff. So we kept her in her home as long as she could. Probably too long, actually, to be honest with you. But one day I, I, I went in and I said, how are you doing today? And I, I found out my joy and your joy, if you're in that situation, I mean, your job is to bring the joy. Just show up and bring the joy. That's what you do. You bring the joy. You bring the gratitude. You bring the peace. You just be that person. Instead of being so stressed out, you just come in and go, hey, how's it going today? That's what you have to push through and, and do. So I go in and go, hey, how's it going today? She goes, not good. So what's going on? She goes, there's a woman here that's scaring me to death. I can't afford to feed her, and she won't leave, and I, I don't like her. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, who's here? And she goes, I said, where is she? She goes, she's in the, in the back room. So walk down the hallway and open up the door of the bedroom, and my mom walks in front of the mirror and says, there she is right there. And I knew I couldn't explain to her. Oh, that's your reflection. You know, when you look in the mirror, you get, I, could, I, I knew she couldn't understand that. So I just said, well, mom, she looks like a beautiful, nice lady to me. I said, if you want, I'll take her home. She can live with me. She goes, yes, get her out of here. So I, so I took the lady off the wall, put her in my truck and drove, me and the lady drove home uh, together that day. And uh, so I went back the next day and she goes, she's back. And so I, I, had to, I had to take every mirror out of the house. Uh, I'll go back the third day and say, how you doing today? She goes, oh, that lady, she's just driving me crazy. I can't afford to keep feeding her. And I said, mom, she's not here anymore. She's at my house. And she goes, no, she's, she's, and there's a room I'd missed. There's a mirror I'd missed that was attached to the back of a dresser. So I walk in this little room and uh, the dresser was attached, uh, to, the mirror was attached to the dresser. And there's a gap from the bottom of the mirror and the top of the dresser about that big. When I pulled the dresser out from the wall to unscrew the, the mirror from the back, there was a pile of food behind that dresser where I don't know how many weeks or months my mom had been feeding this lady in the mirror, her hand to her hand. And there was just, I mean, so we knew, we, knew, we, we, got, to, we got to do something now. And it went from assisted living to skilled nursing to, to hospice and but I can just remember so vividly sitting out in the driveway before I would go in and after I would leave sometimes, just go, thank you, God, I get to do this. This is hard. Um, and sometimes it's frustrating. But I'm grateful I get to do this, that I get to take care of the ones that took care of me. And I know this is not going to last forever, God, and I know I'll get to see them again in heaven. But I got to tell you, I'm, I feel privileged I get to do this. So thank you.
So I, I've, been, I've been learning that when you're going through a tough season, no matter what season it is, to lean into gratitude just does something in your heart. It, it gives you the kind of peace that it talks about in Scripture that's unexplainable, that transcends all human understanding. When you choose to practice gratitude throughout, throughout that, it just does something inside of you. Now, it certainly doesn't always go like this, but here, here's a couple of things that I've, that I've learned about life so far. First of all, life is so short. Life is so short. Gang, this all happens in a flash. It happens like that. When I, was, when I was telling you about my Stingray bike and Little League baseball, I felt like that was like two weeks ago. It goes so, so fast. Some, I, I remember people used to say to me, now, son, you need to cherish these moments because they go so fast. And I thought, yeah, that's just what old people say. Now that I'm old people, let me tell you something. <laughs> cherish these moments because they go so fast. I mean, it really does like, like the old Kenny Chesney song. Don't blink. I mean, life is so short. It all happens so fast. I, we used to live in Ventura, California. Many of you know that. We lived there for eight years, helped to plant a church out there. Still teach out there a lot. But in, in the morning in Ventura, the marine layer, it's a beach town. It would come over the whole city. And there'd just be fog everywhere until around nine o'clock. And then the fog would burn off and just be this beautiful sunny day. But that's kind of the way it was. And it made me think every time I would see it, I would think of James 4, 14, which says, your life is like that. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for just a little while. And then around nine o'clock, it burns off. It's, it's gone. Old man Moses wrote this in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days, O Lord, and recognize just how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. See, life is so short. Walk with God and just live with gratitude in every season. If you've never read the book of Ecclesiastes, you ought to read it someday. King Solomon is kind of his journal where he reflects back over his life, and he pretty much says, don't do what I did and wreck your life. And he gets to chapter 12, kind of has, has a conclusion. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Hook up with God while you're in this season of your life so you can spend a lifetime walking with God and knowing God and trusting God and knowing that you are loved beyond belief by the God of the universe. Walk with him while you're young before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. And then he gets real poetic about aging. He says, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after rain, talking about bouts of frequent depression and loneliness. When the keepers of the house tremble, he's talking about your hands, how they're not steady anymore. And strong men stoop. That's when your back goes out all the time. When the grinders cease because they're too few. What do you think he's talking about? Talking about your teeth. When those looking through windows grow dim, talking about your failing eyesight. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, I think he's saying that's when you can't work anymore. And if you're able to work, the opportunities just aren't there for you. When men rise up at the sound of birds. When I was in college, I could sleep till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. How about you? But now I get up earlier and earlier. When men rise up at the sound of birds, but, but, their song, but all their songs grow faint, you rise up and the birds are chirping, but you can't hear them anyway because your hearing's going. When men are afraid of heights, when you say, I'm not getting on that ladder, or danger in the streets, you get 14 deadbolts and a ring doorbell. When the almond tree blossoms, your hair turns white, the grasshopper drags himself along, you got absolutely no hops anymore, and desire is no longer stirred, 
You figure that one out. Then man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about the streets. He goes, all of that happens in a flash. Life is so short. But here's the second thing that you got to know. But God is so faithful through every single season of your life. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Through every one of these changing seasons, he never changes. Live with gratitude for the unshakable faithfulness of God through every single season of your life. And some of you really are in this season right now. You got toys everywhere. You got pampers everywhere. You do have gummy bears and Cheerios on a tray and and a in a walker like this and just cherish this time i'm just telling you from experience this goes so fast it goes so fast every time you rock that little boy every time you rock that little girl sing jesus loves me pray scripture over them just cherish the moments that god has given you savor those moments of your life in in, in this season just pour into that little boy, that little girl, so that they can grow to love Jesus throughout all their seasons of life. It's such an important time in a parent's life. And some of you look at this and you, and you, and you go, I wish we had that in our home because it's just not working out. Maybe you're like my son Drew and his, his wife, Laura, went through four or five miscarriages and a lot of heartbreak, a lot of disappointment over that. Just know that God knows and he's with you and he's faithful and he will give you the desires of your heart in some way but he also says, I've collected all your tears in my bottle. He cares. He knows what you're going through. So just lean into the faithfulness of God and be, be grateful that he's with you through that struggle in your life. Some of you are at an age, right? Some of you are in a season right now where you got kids that are elementary kids and are in all kinds of stuff. Just let them be kids. Don't put pressure on them to be grown up too fast. Don't hope that they get to be on the T-ball travel squad. Just, just let them be kids. And kids, if you're, if you're in here and you're a kid, just be a kid. Just love, love being a kid because I'm telling you, it goes so fast. And some of you are at this stage right now. Some, some of you, we have some of the most amazing students in this church. And some of you are in this wobbly stage of your life. And when I'm talking about you, you go, yep, that's exactly the way it feels right now. Just know that God loves you the way you are. He made you. He loves you. He's walking around heaven right now with your picture out going, hey, check out my kid. Isn't she awesome? Isn't he amazing? God loves you so, so much. And let your identity come from what he says about you, not what anybody else says about you. And you will get through this season because it doesn't last long either. And you'll get through it knowing that you are loved by the God of the universe. And some of you have moved on to high school and you got some independence now, and you're thinking about the future. Some of you are in college right now, or maybe you're home for Thanksgiving break, and, and, and you've you got all these plans. I want to tell you, do what Solomon said. Remember your creator. Don't forget about him. Do life with him. He created you to do life with him. So do life with him every single day. Roll out of bed every day and go, God, here I am. I'm a high school student. I'm a college student. I just want to surrender my life to you today. And God, you just direct my path. I know, I can, I know you told me I can make my plans, so I'm making my plans but also know you direct my steps. You determine my steps. So God, I just want you to lead my life. I trust you. I want you to lead my life. And some of you right now, you're watching those kids have freedom and they're starting to leave. And there's, maybe, maybe you helped pack a trunk full of stuff this semester and watch the kid drive off to college. You just stood there as they drove away, wiping tears out of your eyes. Or, or, or maybe you walked one down an aisle here recently and they're married now. It's like, oh my goodness. And now you're like an empty nester, right? And it's a weird feeling. 
Can I tell you something about that whole empty nest thing? It's a myth. They come back. And they bring their bills. They bring their laundry. They bring their little ducklings with them when they come back. And I, I am so grateful. Our, our nest is so full right now. We got 10 grandkids, and it is the funnest season of our life. We just love, we're so grateful that we get to do this with our, with, with our life. It's, it's, just, it's just a blast. And, and, and just know, if you're at this season, please know that I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody owns one of these going through a midlife crisis. Please don't, I'm not saying that. I think they're cool. I would never get on one, but, but, but I think they're cool. Um, let me put it this way. Debbie would never let me get on one, but I think they're cool. But I just chose this to represent how some people get to a point in their life where things are different now. The kids are gone, the emptiness thing, and they're thinking, what am I going to do? What's next for me? So they're always looking for the next fix, the next adrenaline rush. You know, what's my future going to be like? And it becomes all about them. Don't let that happen to you. Make it all about somebody else. I mean, I love love that old book by Bob Buford called Halftime. And the premise of the book was, when you're in halftime, like going through a midlife thing, see it as halftime. What do great teams do in the second half? They come out smoking in the second half, right? They make an adjustment at halftime. They come out in the third and fourth quarter, and they play hard, right? I look around this room, and some of you are in the third quarter. Some some of you are in the fourth quarter. Some of you are in overtime, just being honest. (laughs) And guess what, gang? We're all in sudden death. Every single one of us. Every one of us are terminal. It's gonna, the, the stats on death are pretty impressive. One out of one people die. That's just the way it is. So use this time in your life to focus on other people. I'm so grateful for all the older adults we have in this place that take that to heart and say, you know what? I'm going to mentor a bunch of young people. I'm going to coach. I'm going to serve. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to pour my life into serving other people. When you do that, man, you come out smoking in the third and fourth quarter and you make a difference in your life like you never dreamed that you would. And then as you Walk toward the other side here. Just know you'll get here to this other walker and you'll look back and you will see the faithfulness of God in every single season of your life. God is faithful. Life is short, but God is so, so faithful. God has promised us so much. When uh, he's promised us a better place. I mean, this doesn't last forever but there's a place that will. He's promised to give us a new body that won't wear out, uh, to be in a place where there is no, there's no more chemo. There's no more hospitals. There's no more vaccines, a, a perfect place with, with no more war, no more bombings, no terrorism, no shooting, no racism, no rejection, no trafficking, no abuse, a place where history will be evil and only, only goodness and love will be present, a place where every tongue and tribe and nation will praise Jesus Christ, the promised one who laid down his life so that we could live forever. And until that day, guess what? He promises us. He promises us to give us wisdom and direction. He promises to give us his presence and his peace. He promises to give us his Holy Spirit to live within us. He promises to make a way for us to escape every temptation. He promises to finish the good work he started inside of us. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. He promises that nothing will ever separate us from his unfailing love. He promises us an inheritance in heaven. He promises that he's coming back someday to make all things new so trust him. Be grateful for his faithfulness. From the walker to the walker, he will be with you. 
There's a psalm, Psalm 136, that's meant a lot to me through the years. And I want us to close by just kind of reading it out loud together. I'm going to read the first part. It was written as a song, so I'm going to read like the verse, and you come back with the chorus. Uh, so I'll, I'll do the first part, and you come back with this love endures forever. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun that governed the day. The moon and stars that govern the night. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Forever it does. Father, we, we applaud your faithfulness, your goodness, God. Thank you so much for walking with us through this short life. Thank you so much for making a place that isn't going to be a short life. It's going to be forever. Thank you, Jesus, for making that possible. But God, we want to live with a heart that's full of gratitude. To choose entitlement or cynicism is just a crappy way to live your life. So God, we want to be people that just fill our hearts with gratitude so we'll always be joyful, we'll never stop praying, we'll be thankful not for all circumstances, but we can be thankful in all circumstances, knowing that that's what you are telling us the best way to live. So God, we want to do that. We just don't want this to be Thanksgiving week. We really want to live all of our life, every day of our life, with a heart that's just full of gratitude, no matter what we might be going through. God, I pray... For people here today that are in that season right now, busy season with little kids, their life has changed so much with a baby, and I just know it's stressful and it's hard and sleep is limited, and God, I just pray that they would just cherish this time, that they would just know that you have given them the privilege of pouring into some little boy, some little girl, just helping them grow up to know Jesus. And God, I pray for people right now that maybe are parenting kids in, in a busy season where they're going all over the place doing different things. God, I, I pray that they wouldn't overschedule them, but they just let them be kids. They wouldn't put pressure on them, but they just have loving discipline and direction in their life. God, thank you for the so many good parents we have in this place. And I pray that they would all lean into your presence. And God, I, I pray for every student in this place. I pray for every middle school student. God, I think back at that time in my life, it was a wobbly time. But God, I thank you for the way you, you brought me through it. I thank you for the memories I have. I thank you for the way that you step in and you assure us all of our identity that's in you. And I pray for every high school student, every college student, as they're going through transitions in their life, figuring out what's next, that they would just walk with you, that they would choose to act justly and love mercy and just walk humbly with you all the days of their life. And God, I thank you for so many people in this place that are kind of empty nesters and they're maybe moving toward retirement age. and that kind of, They're just that are just pouring their life into other people. And God, help us all to see that the last chapter of our life ought to be one where we're just saying, God, what do you want me to do? Just to help me to be sensitive to who you put around me. I just want to pour my life out into somebody else. God, thank you for the way so many people are embracing that. And God, I pray for everyone here that maybe is going through some tough stuff. Um, there's people here that are sick. There's people here that are breaking down. And God, just I pray for your healing in their life but I pray that they would lean into you and be grateful for every breath they have. And thank you, Father, for promises us a better place. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. Thank you.